everyone, it is Dr. Joe Galati, and you're tuned into our podcast. It is season eight, episode number nine. And today we are going to specifically be talking about the cost of wellness. This is a topic that I absolutely love to talk about, and it's really very important, and it's a twist on the topic that many do not necessarily talk about. And on the program today, on our radio program, we are sharing a recent episode with Jackie DeAngelis from the Fox Business Network. And I wanted her, both on a personal side and professional side, to talk about the financial impact of the cost of wellness. And also on the program is John Grover from Raymond James Financial. So we have two really qualified people to talk about the financial impact of health. And the way I look at it, the way I want all of you to look at it is that with chronic disease, with illness, and it may be hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, fatty liver, cirrhosis, arthritis, obesity, sleep apnea, whatever it may be, there is a cost that you're going to pay for that illness. And typically, it's going to be a chronic illness, something that's going on for weeks, months, years, or even decades. And so what happens is the data is out there, and I share part of it during the interview, that if you have a chronic disease, your ability to earn money is reduced. Your medical bills are higher. Your quality of life is lower. People are not happy when they are chronically ill. Their net worth and savings is reduced. And so we, we really do not look at the inconvenience of chronic disease and a lack of health in the financial terms. You may, and let me, let me just jump around. So many of our patients are in their 50s and they're into their 60s and they are planning on retiring. They are working just one more year at the plant to make it to retirement. And then they are going to go fishing, hunting, hang out with their grandkids, whatever, only to find out at 65 years old, they have cancer. They have advanced liver disease. Their heart is so boogered up that they cannot exercise, they cannot visit the Grand Canyon and go hiking. Or instead of just hanging out with the wife, the husband, the dog, whatever it may be, they are spending all of their time consumed by an illness. And so all of these great plans that we make and plan for go down the drain. And there is a cost to that. So Really what I want everybody is to think about not just your illness or your health or your weight or your blood pressure, but think about the financial impact and the impact on your quality of life and all that goes into it. So with that said, we're going to have Jackie DeAngelis from Fox Business Network on with us and John Grover will follow up at the end of the program. And as always, reach out. You can go to drjoegalati.com. You can send me an email. There's information about all of our social media, my book, Eating Yourself Sick. And certainly you can email me 
through the website. There's a message tab there to communicate with us. And also while you're there, sign up for our newsletter, our weekly newsletter. Every Saturday morning, it gets sent out across the country. And we share with you all the latest and greatest health and wellness information to make you better consumers of healthcare. All right, you go take care. We'll see you soon. Sunday evening between 7 and 8 o'clock. We are here bringing everybody the best in health and wellness. And as I've been saying for a long time, we want to raise your health IQ, make you better consumers of health care. And um, it's that simple. It's We have to force you in a sense or guide you in a sense to think of your health. And so on the program tonight, as discussed, And, you know, I like to say that we do not have guests on the program. We have experts on the program. We have Jackie DeAngelis. She is with Fox Business Network and is the, I'd like to say, Jackie, you are the host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business Network. Uh, It is one. I am one of the hosts. I will correct you there. Yes. Amazing co-host. Yes, absolutely. Um, 1 p.m. East on Fox Business Network. And Jackie, thanks again for taking a little time and coming on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you, Dr. Glady. Well, thank you. Now, the one the one thing that certainly you are an expert on and have lots of knowledge is in the the financial world and all aspects of it around the globe. But let me just sort of ask you, I have always been talking about the cost of wellness. And sometimes patients of mine will fully understand that. Sometimes you have to walk them through it because our goal is wellness, it is health. But to you on the professional financial uh, broadcast side, what does the cost of wellness mean to you with all of your experience that you've had in the financial realm over the years? Well, the first thing I would start by saying is that without your health, you're no good to yourself, mm-hmm. your family, or anybody else. So actually, when you really think about it, health has to come first, right? Because if you're incapacitated or you're being treated for illness, you can't be out there doing all the things that you do for everybody and taking care of people as so many of us do. Right. So a lot of times people don't realize they'll run themselves into the ground trying to do all of these things, putting their health last when they should be putting their health first because you need to be strong and healthy so that you could go out there every day and conquer whatever it is you have to do. Well, I couldn't, uh, and of course, none of this is planned. This is a great endorsement. The name of the program is Your Health First, and so mm-hmm. um, you you really have um, hit that on the head. So in your travels of, you know, being um, uh an expert in understanding the, the markets. What what do you think the average American should look at when they are looking at their financial health or their financial status? What What is the conversation around the dinner table that you hear or you share with uh, those on TV? 
Well, I'll share with you some of my own thoughts. And as you know, Dr. Gladi, we've talked about on this program, I was blindsided by illness. I was diagnosed with breast cancer roughly um, 18 months ago. Thank God I am okay. And I'm so grateful for everybody who helped me through it and Mm -hmm. provided health care for me. But I learned so many valuable lessons firsthand, right? And that's why I say health comes first, because when you're incapacitated and you can't work, you can't do the things you love, you can't take care of people um, or really do anything else. So um, illness can come out of the blue, but sometimes we know that it's brewing. And so part of financial health means allocating budget Mm -hmm. for health, right? And making sure that you see doctors, making sure that you take care of yourself so that you're well. So many illnesses can actually be avoided or worse case scenarios can be avoided by going for your checkup. And I believe I'm a poster child for that because um, even with my stage one breast cancer diagnosis, you know what? I'm a very lucky person. We caught it very early before it became something much, much bigger. Having said that, there were also a lot of unforeseen expenses associated Mm -hmm. with my illness and my treatment and everything else. I mean, I had wonderful health insurance from my employer, but there are always things that are going to pop up, deductibles. Um, I needed supplemental care, like physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a financial safety net that starts with savings, you could be blindsided by these things. And it's the kind of thing that sometimes can wipe people out. So I guess the first pillar of taking care of your financial health and taking care of your own financial wellness, I would say starts with savings. And so many Americans are lacking in savings, especially, you know, at a time like this where inflation is making things more expensive and we're all stretching ourselves a little. Now, now, do you think that when when you talk to, to individuals, and I know even talking with colleagues or, or friends of mine, they're saving for their kids' college. They're, they're saving for that that lake house, wherever it is. But very rarely do you hear anybody say, you know what, we are putting a certain amount of money away for healthcare needs or our health in general. Does that seem a little bit off the mark? And, you know, should we maybe have people think about saving for their health? I think they should, and I think it falls under the general umbrella of emergency savings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There could be a lot of different emergencies in one's life, and you would hope that they don't all hit you at once. And health, definitely for me, it falls into that bucket. So, you know, when you have folks who are saving for aspirational things, that's wonderful. But there's got to be a bank account for emergency savings, whatever that could be across the board, and it includes healthcare expenses. Yeah. And I would say so many times, and and all of you know the the nidus of this conversation of the cost of wellness has come from the hundreds and thousands of patients that I've spoken to, where I see they become bankrupt or near bankrupt, where uh, even even the point of you have a sick relative, and it may be a parent, it may be a husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. And they're not able to take the time off to come visit them to the doctor because that employee, that, that person may be an hourly employee. And when we're talking to them, say, look, we're going to do something and we'll see you back in a month. Can you come? They're like, do you know how much it costs me to just leave today? And now you want me to come a month later? You're crazy. But now that then 
impacts or negatively impacts the person they're supposed to be taking care of because they can't go to the doctor with them. And it it creates a snowball effect. So what do you do about that where the people you're dependent on are not necessarily financially in a good spot to help you? What can you do about it? Um, Again, unfortunately, I go back to this idea that it's hard for everybody, but I would say everybody, even if you don't expect that you could have a problem, but maybe you'll have elder parents like you're suggesting. My mother just went through this with my grandma. She passed away at 100, but for roughly the last 10 years, she suffered from dementia, and my mother was her primary caregiver. So she was working. She was taking care of her, and Medicaid did not cover everything that grandma needed. And so, you know, my mom really had to be the person to take care of her um, Mm -hmm. at that time in her life. Luckily, she was financially prepared because she had an emergency fund. So I cannot stress it enough. It's not even always about you, but it could be somebody in your inner circle that really needs you. Oh, it really, it really is true. And more and more as care is becoming more complicated, it's getting um, more involved. You really, you know, the patients that I see, especially with those with advanced liver disease, they have to come almost with an army of help to get them through. And again, if Mm -hmm. the finances are a roadblock, it definitely impacts the care they get. All right, we're going to take a quick break now. We are with Jackie DeAngelis, co-host of The Big Money Show. Don't forget, 1 p.m. East. For those in Houston, it is 12 noon. And you could reach her on Twitter at at Jackie DeAngelis. Pretty easy. At Jackie DeAngelis is her Twitter handle. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. Stay tuned. More health and wellness, and particular to tonight, we're talking about the cost of wellness. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Every Sunday evening between 7 and 8 p.m., we're here raising your health IQ, making you better consumers of health care. The name of the program, Your Health First. Don't forget, the best way to get in touch with me is through our website, Dr. JoeGalati.com. DrJoeGalati.com. You want to sign up for our newsletter and find out about all of our social media and ways of getting in touch with us. That's what it's all about. And on the program tonight, Jackie DeAngelis with Fox Business Network. You could catch Jackie every day, 1 p.m. East on the Big Money Show that she co-hosts and her Twitter handle at Jackie DeAngelis, at Jackie DeAngelis. And we have been talking about the cost of wellness. What does that really mean to you? And and I think from my own experience, my 33 plus years of practicing medicine, you do not fully realize the importance of your health until you don't have it. And that is the real kicker. Everything is fine. Everything is hunky-dory 
until you don't have that good health. And then not only does it make your life that much more difficult, it it really makes an impact, a negative impact on your financial status. And so that's why for many years I have been talking about the cost of wellness and having Jackie on the phone here tonight on the program with her business background and experience and her ability to articulate it really is a key thing. All right, so let me continue where we left off. On COVID, and I'd like to think that we're almost out of COVID here. I think we are. We saw so many people almost implode financially. They lost their job. They may have gotten sick from COVID and had lingering effects. Do you think we learned anything from that example of an illness, a disease that people lost their job, they lost a lot of money, it really turned their whole financial situation upside down. Lessons learned, Jackie. What do you think? I think you're right. And I think there were two categories of people. So I think there were people that you were talking about, maybe who got sick or laid off um, and, you know, had financial hardship as a result of COVID. And then there was another bucket of people who started working from home. Mm -hmm. Luckily, they didn't get sick. And they actually increased their savings. American savings rates went up during the pandemic. But because of inflation and the reopening of everything, we've seen those savings savings rates come down recently. So what I would say, though, to the to both those groups of people is that it's never too late to start over, to rebuild yourself, but you need sound financial practices. So that includes basic things like not living over your means, right. not spending on frivolous things, you know, making a target for what you want your emergency savings to be, even if it's on the smaller side. If for some people that means $1,000, if for some people that means $10,000, setting realistic goals for yourself and putting some money away every week, every month, whatever it is, like those cards that offer the program keep to change, you know, right. trying to get you in the habit of, of putting something away. Sometimes we get frustrated as Americans feeling like, well, if I put a hundred bucks away or a thousand bucks away, what is that? What's that really going to do for me? Believe it or not, <laughs> if up. you do that over time, especially with interest rates a little bit higher in an online high yield savings account, you could get 5% right now. Yeah. So before you know it, it starts to build and you start to rebuild yourself. Yeah. The magic, the magic word is compounding interest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Now you um, and that doesn't involve a lot of risk, Doctor Gladi. No, I'm not talking about going and taking that money and putting it into the stock market. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't be putting your emergency money in the stock market. You should be looking for, you know, that kind of safe, risk-free investment where you know the positive side to interest rates going up is that banks are paying more. Yeah, the savers. No, that is that is great advice. Now, you um, have uh, uh, been a self proclaimed, I don't want to say a health nut, but you've been very conscious of your health and and you've been very um, very public with what you've gone through, but you've shared that you always tried to do the right thing, eat, exercise, and, and not do anything too crazy with regard to your health. But we mm-hmm. are seeing now a lot of young people that are obese. They're developing Mm -hmm. diabetes. And if we just Mm -hmm. talk about the obesity epidemic and the tsunami of 
complications with heart disease and cancer and depression. It really is something that I, I don't know if the average person understands how devastating it is on everybody's health. And getting back around to the financial impact of somebody that is chronically sick may not have the earning potential. They may have to retire early. And so instead of, uh, you know, working a little later, they're getting out on disability at 50 because they've got high blood pressure and heart disease. How do you begin to put your head around this and not only understand it, but what's the message to our neighbors about this, that they have to refocus their priorities? It has to start with education, Dr. Gaudi. Unfortunately, uh-huh. in different communities across the country, not everybody gets you know the education that they need about food, nutrition, right. um, diet, and exercise. So I'll give you an example. In New York City, when Mayor Bloomberg wanted to ban the large sodas, right. I kept saying, it's not about banning large sodas. It's about teaching kids in school yes. why drinking soda is bad and letting them make that choice for themselves. So if I could, you know, um, be a proponent of anything, it would be health education and more literacy around health issues so that people would understand, you know, what the impact of sugar in their diet is, what the impact of being obese is, and make smarter eating decisions. Because at the end of the day, you're given this body, this machine, and if you don't fuel it properly, just the same way if you put junk in your car carburetor, it's going right. to get clogged, Right. Same thing is going to happen. And so if people would understand that and realize that they'll live healthier and and put off, you know, life-threatening diseases as a result of eating better, then, you know, maybe we would see less obesity, for example, in this country, hopefully. Oh, and, you you know, the challenge here is the carrot or the stick. And sometimes when I am either at the hospital or in, in the office here, sometimes I become the raving lunatic when I get so frustrated to say, what is it that's going to help our patients see the light? Is it, is it the carrot to say, look, if you lose weight, if you stop smoking, your insurance premium will go down? And to me, that's money right in your pocket. The other is the stick Maybe, to say, you know. we're, we're going to punish you. You know, we're going to charge you more. How do you think the public responds? I'm not sure they do respond. You know, governments raise taxes on cigarettes, for example, and still many people pay the price price when they smoke. It was supposed to be kind of a a deterrent, right? And it didn't work. So I don't really believe in imposing financial penalties on people in that regard. Again, I don't think it's... It, it comes to the underlying education right. factor. I think that's more important. And I would just say this because you brought up my personal situation. Uh-huh. I was always a person that was educated about this, and I was taking care of my health. I'm coming to the conclusion it probably was something, you know, sort of genetic and not necessarily any of the habits that I had. Right. And so I even caution to healthy people, even if you think like I did, like, oh, I'm a fit, healthy person and I don't overeat and I don't drink too much alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. Things can still happen that are out of your control. That's why it's so important for everybody to to not make a judgment and say, oh, I'm good. I'm exempt from this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, and, you know, we can't walk around and, and try to, 
second-guess things to say, look, I'm a good person. I'm exercising. Nothing's going to happen. You have to um, anticipate that something could freaky happen to any of us at any time. But I I think the biggest problem is where the writing is on the wall, where people have had high blood pressure that is not necessarily fully addressed. They have a touch Mm -hmm. of diabetes, as I like to say. These are Mm. things that you have to address on the medical side, but also I want to have it creep into everybody's head financially. That's like somebody coming up and just, you know, taking a $50 bill out of your pocket. You don't like to lose that kind of money. No, and let me give you um, another example of a dear friend of mine, because this is something I believe in. He came to me, he's my age, he's 40 years old, and he said, oh, I just got my blood work done. Doctor says my cholesterol's high. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And he turned around and said, well, he's going to prescribe me a drug. Uh I said, "Uh, before you get on that drug that you may be on for the rest of your life, do you realize the long list of side effects that come along with that drug, the damage that it may do to your kidneys as your body is processing this drug every single day? I said, why don't you try to modify your eating habits? I said, why don't you try this? I'm not going to tell you don't eat anything that tastes good. I don't live like that. So I wouldn't tell anybody else to do it, but everything in moderation. I said, when you're at work, instead of ordering Chinese or eating fried chicken or whatever it is that you're ordering you know, for these tasty lunches, I said, work is work. You just need fuel for the carburetor. Why don't you just try to eat salad for lunch? Make that change and tell me in a couple of weeks, number one, if you haven't lost weight, and in a month, if your numbers haven't come down. So he took my advice. He's actually going to be a new father, and he was really concerned about this. And the next thing he knew, in a month, not only had he lost eight pounds, but his numbers came down. And the doctor said, well, if, if your numbers stay like this, I don't need to put you on the drug. Well, you know, along the, uh, there was a, a great, um, really like a position paper that Rutgers put out um, within the last year. And I, I was struck by this. They said a 10% reduction in your weight, which sounds mm-hmm. like this gentleman, you know, may have sort of fallen into that. It saves you $5,000 over your lifetime. Now, that mm-hmm. may not seem like a lot, but... That's pretty darn good to say lose 15, 20 pounds and you get five grand in your pocket that you could invest or, you know, go buy a, a new flat screen. I think a lot of people screen. would take that trade right now, Dr. Gladdy. They, they <laughs> would? with times being tough. I think they would. Yes. See, that's what we need to do. We need to really incentivize people that losing weight and taking care of themselves is is the way to go. The other, the other in this, this Rutgers article... Non-smokers. Now mm-hmm. I'll let you. I'll let you sort of say, you know, true or false. Non-smokers had a, a net worth fifty um, percent greater than smokers. Mm-hmm. Could could you believe that? I could believe that, and I'm guessing it's for a couple of different reasons. Number one, as I mentioned before, cigarettes are very expensive. That's right. So if you've got a pack or two a day habit, um, you're draining your bank account right there for something that is automatically off the bat, as we know, killing you. Right. Um, Having said that, too, though, it probably has to do um, with the profile of a smoker. 
and right. possibly how they're taking care of themselves overall. Right. What kind of foods they're eating and, you know, what kind of activities they're engaging in. Do they drink alcohol? Sometimes those two things do go hand right. in hand. Absolutely. So, you know, so I could believe that. Um, and I bet you there are examples to support it. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. And I won't even touch the um, patients that are obese that do not move up the hierarchy at work. And that's a whole other um, that's a whole other thing I, I, I don't want to get into right now. But again, you have to look at, you know, our personal image certainly may be influential on who's going to get the, the promotion or not. Not saying that's the right thing in any it's way, reality, but it it's is reality. reality. It, it is reality. So, all right, Jackie, we always tend to say a lot here. And for those that are fans of Fox Business Network, 1 p.m. East, the big money show with Jackie and her two, co, um, two co-hosts. Um, what would you say as a final take-home for everybody to, to think about? And again, we have to do this in small little bites for all of our <laughs> listeners tonight. The cost of wellness, what should they be thinking? They should be thinking about not only trying to invest for wealth, but investing in their health. Because again, health without health, you've got nothing, basically, is, is the way I see it, especially after the experience that I've been through. So I would urge everybody out there, if there's one takeaway from this program, if you were listening tonight, um, to reassess your financial situation and say, do I have rainy day money that could help me get through a medical emergency if it came up for me or somebody in my family? And again, it doesn't have to be a big amount going you know, right out of the gate. Small amounts add up. And you can make progress over time if you set reasonable mm-hmm. financial goals. Perfect. You said it very well. And actually, you almost came out with a saying here that I jotted down. This might be the idea for a book to you for you to write. No health, no wealth. How about that? Yeah, that's great, Dr. Galati. No I health. Like that one. All right. Who said it first? I think I said it first. I will get that's the bumper amazing. stickers made up. No health, no wealth. Maybe that's what I need to do. I love that. So, all right, Jackie, as always, thanks a million. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful night. All right, following the break, there will be more health and wellness info, raising your health IQ and making you better consumers and making sure you got a little extra money in your pocket or your bank account. That's what we're all about. Have to put your health first. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We will right back. Final segment of this Sunday evening's program, Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget drjoegalati.com. I want to thank Jackie DeAngelis again from Fox Business Network for coming on. And on the line, we have another financial expert, John Grover with Grover Planning and Investments at Raymond James. You could reach John at GroverPI.com. John, welcome to the program tonight and looking forward to what you have to say about the cost of wellness. Well, thank you, Joe. Well, what's your what's your take? Let's, let's just start right off. The cost of wellness, what does that mean to you? Well, I can tell you from client, working with clients for years, the, the 
big concern upon retirement is the unknown of healthcare expenses. Right. And being healthy is the biggest driver in them not being as worried about it. Right. Um, so, you know, from, from the medical perspective, the healthier the, the client can be, I think it relieves a great deal of stress regarding money and, and their investments. And that's huge um, for, for anyone, but especially as we age. You know, we, we, when we talk about financial planning and our plans for the future, life after retirement, and all that good stuff that we all at, at one point talk about, we don't really factor in, if I am healthy, I can do this. If I am sick, I won't be able to. Are you hearing these conversations at all, John? Or is this part of the dialogue that we all need to have more of? It is definitely something that, that I talk about with clients. One of the things is because when we retire, you think, well, I want to travel. I want to do this. I want. Well, if you don't have your health, you don't get to do any of that. Right. Um, and so it's it's so important for clients to think about as they go into retirement, not just what they want to do, but how they can manage their lifestyle to remain as healthy as long as they possibly can, which would then allow them to travel and do, you know, what have you. There are so many situations I can tell you where people waited, waited, thought they were going to travel upon retirement. And then one person, you know, is sick and that all plans change. Yeah, and it really doesn't even have to be the primary person we're talking about. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. It's anybody within their family unit or their sphere of influence. So Absolutely. In, in a sense, while we're not our brother's keeper, if it is your wife or your child, or you realize that if you have somebody else that you may be pulled into being a caretaker, well, you might as well have no retirement at all. Well, that's right, because you're going to, you know, the guilt that people will feel leaving, you know, or, or what have you, it, it just, they won't allow them to, to have a life, a lifestyle that's meaningful because they'll be concerned about the person too, too often. Exactly. Um, So John, last, last question here is, so in your day-to-day work and your passion of financial planning and investment and really coaching your clients, how do you think the discussion of, well, Bob, how's your health? Are you addressing diabetes, heart disease, you know, those type things? How do you think that would be received? And is there a role for this? And as you know, the financial planner talking about your diabetes, what do you think? Right. Well, I think it's, I think it's critical to have those kind of conversations. As you do, I mean, my clients become very, you know, I care about them deeply. So I want to know everything possible to help them plan for that. I mean, if someone is a diabetic, it, it's going to bring about, you know, lifestyle changes or right. it limits maybe their lifestyle. So that's something I want to know. I want to make sure that we can at least plan, you know, for the expenditures that, that could come about due to it, you know, and, and so forth. You, I don't think when it comes to the financial plan, I don't think there's any questions I can ask that are really too personal as long as I've developed a relationship with someone. Yeah. I, and I, I may not do that on the first meeting, but 
you know, I, I just I think it's important to understand the client and their health regarding their investments. Yeah. No question. Sure. And 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 I think what this comes down to is health in some form has to be part of so many more conversations than what we're used to. John, we're out of time. It really goes fast. John Grover, Grover Planning and Investments at Raymond James, GroverPI.com. John, thank you. I promise we'll get you on again. Thank you, Joe. Have a good day. All right. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.